I'll sort it out later, not we. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Matt, has doing this podcast made you a bit more tech savvy? A little bit. Because now you use GarageBand, you use Skype. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what's really kind of improved is my finger muscles. <laughs> they got. I mean, they're so good. <laughs> my, <laughs> still, still with the yeah. fingers. My fingers are I so strong. I hope some bikini babes listen to this. Yeah, I mean, anyone out there, if you want to experience my fingers, just, you know, don't hesitate <laughs> to get in contact. <laughs> still with the bloody fingers. Yeah. It started with Stendek. Yeah. And now this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we had someone starting new at work, and she's into Harry Potter. Is she? Yeah, because I've got, like, a Harry Potter phone case now as well. And <laughs> she said, oh, I really love your phone case. I'm just like, I really love you. Please don't quit. <laughs> because people quit a <laughs> lot. I thought you were going to say she was into fingers or something like that. No, because that was the thing that I wanted to say to you last episode, yeah. mid-episode, but then I realised, oh, no, that's not related to anything. I should save that for another time. And anyone who's, like, likes Harry Potter is a friend of ours, pretty much. I know. Did you get that photo that Lana sent? What uh, Lana sent, um, there's, there's some survey, yeah, that was an internet survey. Oh, yeah, no, no, I got that, I got that, I got that. It was, it was brilliant. Did you, yeah, but did you see that, what the biggest group was? What was the biggest group? I can't remember. There's people who are happy with how their lives were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, who's happy with that? Why wouldn't you want to live in a world with wizards and witches and Voldemort? I know. I'd love you to go fucking idiots. Hogwarts, for God's sake. I know. I'm looking at my acceptance letter right now. I can't believe you got in. I know. It's brilliant. Me. I got in about 12 years too late, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, I went to the, when I went to Platform 9 and 3 quarters, they were just like, you're a little old. Yeah. I mean, if you think my finger action's good, my wand action's even better. <laughs> I, you should see what I've done with my wand. <laughs> You've got long-bottomed wand as yeah, well. Yeah, I have. But you know what? In a beautiful twist of fate, Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville Longbottom... Fucking hot now. Did you see that photo of him in his underwear sitting he's on a chair? So chat? good looking now. Yeah, I saw that. He's so good looking now. Yeah. And I love the picture on Facebook or wherever it is of the cast as kids and them as adults now and how magic has to be involved somehow because they're all beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's money that's involved, not magic. Money. Yeah. First film still. I love that one. Yeah, well, I, love I, it. I like the dark kind of things as well. But that was, that... I've loved every single one, yeah. and I've loved it as it's gone on because I think we were young when the first ones came out, so we needed yeah. the light stuff. But then as we got older, the darker stuff appealed to us more. Yeah, it's like growing up. It's yeah, so it good. is. Harry Potter was growing up. Yeah, like I yeah. So like I completely fangled at work because then someone else came up to me and asked me what I thought of the new girl, and I said, oh, she likes Harry Potter, so I'm fine. And then I realised how much of a geek they thought I was. And then, and then they were just like, have you been to Harry Potter World then? And I was like, yes, it was like the best day of my life. And she's like, did you buy a wand? And I was like, yes, I bought the Elder Wand. Of course I bought a wand. How could I go to Harry Potter World and not buy a yeah. wand? And then I explained how I wanted to start up a collection of wands as well, and then I stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> because I realised I was in a professional environment and I'm the youngest person there and the most immature as well. Yeah, but he wants to be a grown-up, though. Yeah, it sucks being a grown-up. What I've realised, being a child is brilliant. It <laughs> is, because you don't have to worry about anything. I know. I love how we have two different viewpoints. We, don't hate, we hate children, but we like being children. Yeah. Well, we were brilliant children. I mean... Yeah, like we said last week, it's just children nowadays that are yeah. shit. I mean... Like, when we were kids, we were brilliant. Yeah, we were amazing. We were, like, the best. Yeah. I mean, our parents, well, 
than the ones that are alive. <laughs> She'd be so grateful. They really should. But I don't think our parents get, my parents get it. I was going to say our parents. I don't think my parents get it. They always complain about me. Do they not realise most of the girls I went to school with have children without fathers and don't work and stuff? Yeah. I'm fucking brilliant compared to all of them. I've, I, I actually got, like, qualifications and I have a steady job. Sure, it's not a job I want, but it's a steady job and a steady paycheck mm. and no unplanned pregnancies for me. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I could have been a job or I, I could have <laughs> had an unwanted pregnancy. You never know. Uh, mate, your parents, they do not seem like the type that would have raised a child to have to be a job or have an unwanted pregnancy. Well, we certainly wouldn't now. <laughs> well, I meant uh, past tense. Yeah, past tense. Because, <laughs> like, they name their children Matthew and Francis. Yeah. Yeah, they do not seem like the type of people... They have money. Yeah, I'm, I'm unlikely to be a yob. <laughs> yeah, you are not going to be a yob or yeah. have an unwanted child. Or, or... Because they would give that child up for adoption or abortion. Yes, yeah, so... And pay the mother off. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a peasant, so, you know, that's not the kind of thing no. that I get up to, so... I love how you call me elitist, but come on. What? Matthew... Brother of Francis. Mason for a father. I know. <laughs> Just think of all the evil things he got up to. <laughs> yeah. I could have done that. Because uh, it's, it's by law, you, well, not sure if it's all by law, but I got invited, but I was too busy thinking about going to yeah. university. Yeah, you said, like, you said, if, I can't remember what episode we were talking about in. Right. But you said, <laughs> and your dad even have like has, like, original Shakespeare works. Yeah. He has, like, 100-year-old copies of the plays and stuff. God. Hundreds of years old copies of the plays. Yeah. I'm getting a feeling you would have loved my dad more than you loved me or, or yeah. my dad. But that was also a segue... As well, did you not hear me say oh, the word Shakespeare? That, that yeah. was so cool. I, I thought I thought you might pick up on that, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <That's> too busy <laughs> <laughs> talking about my dad. No, I just I didn't think I'd need to elaborate. I thought I thought the moment I mentioned Shakespeare, he's going to know what I want to do. But of course, I knew. Of course, I knew. Of course you knew. You knew what? What? You knew what exactly? Let's get into Shakespeare, then. We're not into Shakespeare. Let's uh, <laughs> probe Shakespeare. And before then? Before... Oh, intro music. <laughs> that wasn't one of your best, Matt, I have to yeah, admit. I'm, I'm intro music. Slightly, you're doing it slightly quieter this time. Shh, intro music. Oh, you want me to whisper it seductively? I think we should start whispering it. Oh, yeah, you said you were going to do it seductively, didn't you? Intro music. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was you seducing the audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you know what, it, what I'm like. That's that's my smoothest possible one. So, okay. Um, so William Shakespeare. Do, do you want to explain to him who he is to people? Yeah, he's the guy that invented Krispy Kreme donuts. Those glazed donuts. Brilliant. Oh, he's a genius. He really is. Please like, oh, how does he make them so good? Because you have other donuts from other places. They're not as good. Krispy Kreme, brilliant. Mm, that stuff on top of them. Oh. Yeah. So this episode is about how Krispy Kreme's is great. Yeah. Oh, that, that was like tradition, that was. What, us spending uh, an yeah. afternoon a week yeah. <laughs> buying three donuts for the student discount yeah. thing. And me <laughs> listening to you and Lana just talk. 
Oh, until. yeah, that one day that we spent three hours in a Krispy Kreme. It's not even a cafe. It was like a pop-up shop. Yeah. It wasn't a real cafe. They had a table and chair. Not quite like La Gondolello, where we sat in no, there. We, how long were we in there? We, were, we once weren't we in there for, like, five hours because it was raining. <laughs> yeah. And then because we felt bad, we just kept going up and ordering, like, drinks or, like, a biscuit yeah. or something. <laughs> and we take turns, actually, so I was just like, OK, it's your turn to buy something. Yeah. And then you'd get a drink or a cake, and then it was my turn, <laughs> yeah. so I got a drink. That was it. And then after that, we went and got food from a takeaway, I think. Yeah, that that was the best, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally sat there, but they didn't even complain. Yeah. See, I... Because they saw the outside, probably. They saw how much it was raining. I was incredibly loyal to Spuds, but that place did... For, like, the first semester, and then yeah. we decided to go to other places. But that place did pancakes as well as fry-ups and whatever. Yeah, they and did, they did, like, oh, massive breakfast. Yeah. Like, their plates were huge. And then when they got taken over by other people, their plates got really small. So I, I never went we there. we stopped yeah. going. So I, 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 didn't, I didn't have to experience that disappointment. No, we stopped going. I know. And, like, we, we did say... Before, we say uh, Our first time going under new management, I think Lana gave the same order that she always gets... And then the guy was just like, oh, I don't think you'll actually be able to eat that much. The plates are smaller now. And then we were just like, no, we'll eat that much. We will eat that much. Yeah. <laughs> he, he underestimated our eating skills. They really didn't know you lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we're not going to, like, wolf it down. But I don't think you realise that we would stay there until we finished, even if it took us five hours. Yeah. We would stay there until we finished. We had no place better to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Shakespeare. So Shakespeare came up with Krispy Kreme. Yeah. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. This is almost another nostalgia episode, almost. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shakespeare came up with Krispy Kremes, and that's the end of the episode, folks. Yeah. So what we really want to ask, then... Is, did he really invent the Krispy Kremes, or did someone else do it? Did someone else? Were these donuts the genius of someone else? Were there lots of people making these donuts, or was it just Shakespeare? What if, because we've already established our listeners don't know what, like, stuff like the apartheid is. Mm. What if they don't understand our sarcas- sarcasm right now? Um, so should we actually explain who well, Shakespeare is a really bit? there really is no hope for them. We might as well just Yeah, probably not, themselves. because you learn it every year in school. Yeah, e- even if you're, like, you're the dumbest American, you should, you should yeah. know who Shakespeare okay, is. Okay, well, everyone knows that Shakespeare is a playwright, and he wrote both tragedies and comedies, and he wrote an array of plays that have been adapted over the course of centuries and they're still the most adapted plays in the ever made right yeah yeah so i think that's the gist of it so you've got like romeo and juliet macbeth you've got much ado about nothing and a whole host of others like the lesser known ones like cymbeline and even we've talked about it before briefly i think mm. in a previous episode yeah yeah so that's the gist of who shakespeare is i don't really feel we need to go in deep because if you don't know about him you're a lost cause yeah What's interesting about Shakespeare is that, A, there's little really actually known about him in some ways. There's not actually a lot of, like, documented evidence of his existence. Other than, like, he was married to Anne Hathaway and in his will he just left her his second best bed. Yeah, I mean, maybe all she deserves, you don't know. But there was a poem... Okay, okay, I I was going to say, there's a poem written about that second best bed, a sonnet, but I don't want to go that far into it because we have a certain topic in mind and we'll get to that. Okay. I I just want to know what happened on that second best bed. That's all. Exactly. That is what the poem is about. I'll send it to you later. I think I've got... Actually, I won't be able to. I think it's at my parents, but somewhere. I will look forward to receiving that. So, yeah, yeah, um, 
But also there's the fact that he wasn't like he wasn't um, an establishment figure. And this is this coming on to like one of the theories or coming on. Oh shit! I got shot again. We're, oh, by the way, we're still at the prison. It's been a week. We're camping out. Yeah, it's it's awful. I'm in tears nearly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you get the emotional gravity of my experience there? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So yeah, basically, him not being like an establishment figure as well. Uh, and this is kind of one of the reasons why people suspect that Shakespeare might not be who we really think he is. So, um, I think we might as well just jump into the theories, pretty much, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, who made these donuts then? <laughs> when you say he wasn't what he we think he is, do you mean like he wasn't a playwright, or he was a playwright well, but he stole other people's works? This is what interesting. There's so many different theories. Some people either say he was a fraud, and so that he claimed credit for other people's work. Or it's that he was just a cover for someone else, like a female writer, possibly, possibly because possibly. they didn't get, yeah, they didn't get published. Yeah, I'm going to go with like three theories that these are people who it could have been that aren't, um, and don't really I haven't got any theories on like possible frauds or stuff like that. But that could be like a possible theory. Because mm-hmm. there, there's kind of, it's some people, like, even some p- proper kind of, like, literary scholars do kind of feel that maybe there was some, like, collaboration with some of the plays. It's, yeah, it's that not, could, that's probably possible, It's actually. possible. But it's just, who were these collaborators? And was it all just one big collaboration? Because that is actually yeah. fair. There's, there's some people do have the theories that it was a mixture of all the people that get mentioned, and it's just under one person. But, so I'll start with the first person that could possibly be, and the first one's maybe a figure you might have heard of, Francis Bacon. I've heard of Bacon. Yeah, I, I, I like Bacon myself. Francis Bacon, possibly? I don't know. Maybe he's one of those people I know, but I don't he's know. Just, he might be just one of those names you might just hear occasionally. Yeah. But uh, he, was, um, he was a massive figure in like, the uh, English Renaissance, and he certainly has, like, the kind of education for this. Um, so he was educated at... So he went to Eton, like me? No, he went to Cap- Cambridge. Oh, of course. He, I also oh, went there. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you, he was a famous philosopher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this whole, this whole podcast is me <laughs> philosophising. He was widely travelled. Yeah, I, I've come to Zone 6. And as, as we know, Shakespeare's plays took place in many different places. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of the inventors of the scientific method, and he also led a lit- literary society. So he's got kind of the right background. And then one, some people's problems with who we understand William Shakespeare as being was that he, we know very little about his education. Maybe he didn't have one. Some people are just naturally gifted yeah, and they develop themselves. Exactly. Or maybe he was a private person. Yeah, and in general, we don't actually know much about people's education at the time. We only really know about the really top people, like the royals. Yeah, like the nobility yeah, and things. Just because it's so well documented. Yeah, exactly. And you don't... If Shakespeare's a commoner, mm. you wouldn't, he wouldn't be well documented because no one would write about him. It's not like we live in today's day and age where we have information on everyone. Yeah. It's... it's when was he alive again? The 1400s, 1500s? Uh, the late 1500s. Yeah, 1600s. 1500s, 1500s oh, come on. Yeah. Like, we know the general gist of how things are, were then, and we know what notable people were alive. Yeah. But 
We don't know every single detail. I mean, there's no way we will ever know every single detail because we weren't there. Yeah, A, it's, it's either it wasn't necessarily recorded and could have easily just been lost over the years. But he was also, he was like very, he held like very high positions as well. So he was a member of the Privy Council and held the title of Lord Chancellor. So these are quite... We're talking about Francis Bacon, yeah? Yeah. This okay. is like the inner circle of the government. <clears throat> so Bacon was right in there. So, Do you think Bacon was named after Bacon? I don't know. It depends <coughs> what cake comes first. The bacon or the bacon? Yeah. That's, and would you, yeah, but Bacon's a family name. Do you know what's interesting, though, coming on to this, of Bacon, the surname Bacon? Do you know what the mm-hmm. surname of the person who first put forward Francis Bacon? Paul? No. It's a woman. Chuck? No, it's a woman called Delia Bacon. Oh, so it's a relative. No, it's actually. Oh, oh but they're not. No. Well, not, not that, oh, okay. that, that's known. Maybe they're just... Everyone was related. Like, the whole of, like, White Britain yeah. is incestuously related somehow. Yeah. Going back even if it's a millennia, but everyone's related. We've talked about this as well. I think we... Yeah, I think we've talked about everything yeah, I mean, at some point. Incest is pretty much the reason why we exist, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going to... Yeah, especially me, were. though, because... Especially me, because I'm brown, okay? We don't mix a lot. Don't you? <laughs> I don't think I've got any like, European blood in me. Like, I'm all brown. Yeah. Yeah, so could you imagine how much incest went into me? Oh, God. <laughs> it's basically the same. Both our parents kind of... Incestuous. Yeah. Well, you'd something. But I don't think my mother and father actually share blood, as far as I know. But I'm assuming there's some incest somewhere going back into my family history. I think that's the same with most people. Yeah, probably. I mean... Because, like, yeah, like, yeah, it was only recently that marrying into cousins and stuff is taboo. Yeah. I mean, it's still legal, but people were doing it and people still do it. Yeah, I mean... Again, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. I feel so much deja vu when we're doing new episodes of this. Yeah. So, yeah, Delia Bacon, an American author, um, was kind of... She was the first, like, major person to put forward Francis Bacon's authorship. See, um, people had, like, for, for a long time had questioned, like, Shakespeare's authorship, but no-one had really, like, given a name. They just didn't, just didn't believe it was William Shakespeare. There's a certain reason they didn't believe it was William Shakespeare. Is it just because of the undocumented thing? Because, come on, come on, the writing is consistent, so it has to be sort of one person. I think it's intellectual snobbery. Possibly, yeah. It's because the fact he wasn't part of... One of them. He wasn't an aristocrat, he wasn't a noble man or whatever. Basically, she believed, although she named him as, like, an alternative, she she believed that Bacon um, wrote Shakespeare's plays in collaboration with other leading minds of the time. So, like, people like uh, Sir Walter Raleigh or Riley, there's arguments about how you pronounce that, and someone called Edmund Spencer. So, and actually that idea of literary collaboration, as you said earlier, it's not that controversial nowadays. There are actually... uh, Some people find it works better well. Yeah. Like, if you look at TV writing as well, you have, especially British shows, you have, like, two people writing every episode of the show. Yeah. And also, um, the sheer, like, volume of uh, plays that he wrote as well. Some people just feel it's not possible that he could have done this all on his own. Or he could just be a fast writer. Yeah, you never or know. he could just be Like, a once doing an... Yeah, exactly. So, like, once I had to do a 6,000-word essay and I did 4,000 words in one night. 
I didn't think it was possible, but I pulled it out of the bag because I had oh, to. You're genius. This stuns me, Tom. Yeah, and he didn't do it. He wasn't writing these plays because he had to. He did it because he wanted to. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he could have done it if he wanted to. So? Like, Agatha Christie has over 100 books, right? God, Jesus, she's got loads. Yeah, exactly. So she managed to do it. Yeah, so why can't Shakespeare? Yeah. So getting back to Delia Bacon and her theory. The Bacon. Kevin Bacon. So, yeah, basically, her... <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Do you think they're related to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> what if Kevin Bacon really wrote Shakespeare? That's a that new would make theory. all the sense of the world. That would make all the sense of the world because he's Kevin fucking Bacon. <laughs> so, um, basically, she believes that Francis Bacon and his other kind of learned friends, they wanted to conceal their own identities um, because of the stigma of print, as she puts it. Um, it's that notion that being, like, a playwright, it's kind of not... It's not what, like, an aristocratic person should be doing. It's not, like... It's looked down upon, so you should be like you should be in government, not writing plays. You know how some people like view artists or whatever like that as yeah. kind of degenerates and stuff like that. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. It's the idea that you're a bit of a lowly person. You were just kind of writing things to make a name for yourself and stuff like that. Whereas now, the only people that get jobs in the entertainment industry are rich aristocratic people. Yeah, you know. People like how the world turns, yeah, because <laughs> it hasn't changed at all. Oh. <laughs> um, she further like goes on to say that the reason why the group needed to remain Im- anonymous was because they had a subversive political agenda. She puts it as they were a little clique of disappointed and defeated politicians, and so basically they wanted like to plot against the government. So they'd either been like turned down for roles, probably, or something like that. At all, they didn't have enough influence. And so basically, they just wanted to kind of undermine either Queen Elizabeth or, like, the people that were closest to her and stuff like that. The, pe- the real people who had, that like, influence and were making decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's basically her theory. So the reason why they needed to remain anonymous was just basically because they didn't want people it, to be known that they were behind this political kind of... So, was Delia Smith around Delia the Bacon. whole time of the... Sorry, Delia yeah, Smith sorry. <laughs> Delia Bacon. So, she, was she around the whole time that Shakespeare was around? No, no this was... After the uh, fact. She was admired by people like Ed, Edgar Allan Poe and Mark Twain, so this is Oh, so she was much later. Yeah, this is yeah, good much 300 later. years okay. odd later or so. Now, her theory um, rests a lot on the idea that there was little kind of clues that maybe there was different author for Shakespeare's plays. And there's the idea that there's coded messages about politics and stuff like that. There's even one theory I think someone else put forward that Bacon's signature or something there is in, is in the form of an elaborate code. This is, again, you see what you want to see. Yeah. Because you could you could find any pattern if you're looking for yeah. it. Yeah, because um, someone called Samuel Morse, who was, he was the inventor of the telegraph, not the paper, the actual telegraph thing. Oh, I thought you actually meant the paper, so I was about to insult him. No. Anyway, carry um, on. He, uh, he, he told this Delia Bacon that Francis Bacon had himself created secret codes. So this is where this theory comes from, the idea that there's little symbols or ciphers in Shakespeare's plays that 
point. Uh, to... A theory that came out 200 yeah, years after the fact, again. where she's hearing something that someone has heard from someone that someone has heard from someone. Yeah. Again, there's absolutely no proof that Francis Bacon had symbols or stuff like that. And also, I think there's one point that he wasn't one of the... Uh, uh, no, I think it's Christopher Marlowe. That's the next theory. Because I think all, like, the three people we're going to mention, they were never really ar- around at the time when a lot of this happened. They were alive at a similar time to Shakespeare, but, like, two of them die before Shakespeare's plays stop. Because Shakespeare died in 1614, and his plays were going on pretty much until pretty close to his death, I think. Yeah. Like, the next one we're going to mention, Christopher Marlowe, he died, like, 20-odd years before Shakespeare's meant to have died. Oh, okay. Um, so Francis Bacon did... He lived longer than Shakespeare did. Right. How old would he have been when Shakespeare started staging plays? Um, or do you not know that? I don't know that offhand. But because there's, like... I think there's, like, interest theory. I think Francis Bacon was abroad quite a lot. I'm not entirely... Right. Um, yeah. What's interesting is that all these people are kind of, like, around at the same time. So Shakespeare was born in 1564. Francis Bacon was born in 1561 um, oh okay so yeah so they're around the same age yeah, anyway. um, but yeah I'm, I'm almost certain Francis Bacon spent kind of he was quite a busy person I mean he was doing philosophy as well so how he'd have, and he was in government, how he'd have time to write all these plays as well. Well, if he was collaborating with other people, yeah, it would I guess be a bit that easier. lessens the workload. But sometimes I find collaborating with other people would actually make the workload a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, his public career didn't end in disgrace until 1621. So this is like seven years after Shakespeare died. So would he have much cause to kind of be kind of angry at the Queen or whatever, or be... I'm happy with the political situation. That's one thing. Mm. That's one possible kind of thing I'd put out. Well, we don't actually know. No. Yeah, so it's basically... The theory's just built on the idea that there's little clues in Shakespeare's plays, which I, I don't think... I don't think too many people buy that anymore. Uh, come on, like, because how, how, how studied is Shakespeare? Uh, I mean, literally. If there were secret clues, yeah. we would have figured it out that at this point, because I can't tell you how many hours I spent studying Shakespeare. Yeah. Because I did literature up until A-levels, up until college. Mm. So I did a lot of Shakespeare. We never went into secret coded meanings just in case, you yeah. know, it was written by someone else. Mm. Which I'm pretty sure we would have... If there was some secret coded meaning in the work, we would have figured it out by now. Yeah, and also, he has kind of other writings. So you'd kind of be able to get a clue maybe there, whether he was the writer. Because they generally say writers tend to be quite habitual, so they have habits. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like, Shakespeare Mm. is Shakespeare. Yeah. You can tell, in any, you pick up any random play of his, you will know it's Shakespeare, yeah. even from the first verse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, um, there's one interesting thing, like, there's some guy, I don't know what time, this has got to be, like, the 1800s, I guess, or maybe a little bit earlier, but he claims to um, have, he produced a cipher wheel, and this was composed of a hundred-foot piece of cloth that contained the text of Shakespeare and other people at that time, the easy comparison and decryption. And he claimed that by deciphering these codes that he discovered the location of a box um, that belonged to Sir Francis Bacon and would be uh, proof of his authorship. 
However, right. and this is meant to be apparently buried under the Wye River. What's the Wye River? It's a river called the River Wye. Where? I don't know where that is. Is that in Stratford? Possibly. I don't know. Okay. I actually, because that's interesting, because, like, some of the other... Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. It might have dried up. It probably still exists, I think. I've, I think I've heard of it. Well, this was, like, 1800s. Like, rivers dry up. They do, but I think... I'm pretty sure I've heard of it. It's in Wales. Okay, then. <laughs> of all places. Oh, okay, then. Yeah. That's why it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um... Why would it be in Wales? I know. It's it's a weird one. I don't even know what connection Sir Francis Bacon had to... Kind of Wales, even so. If he travelled a lot, wouldn't he put it in like someplace exotic? Ooh, possibly, no, or yeah. someplace connected to his work. Yeah, because so, that that would be quite a nice connection. Yeah, but anyway, when they searched the river, they found absolutely nothing. So <gasps> he looked an idiot. And as it's kind of been pointed out, the um, the argument for Sir Francis Bacon has kind of been supplanted by other theories. So there's a lot of stronger theories out there now. But um, there's still people who believe it's him. And they're, they're represented by... They're called um, Be- Baconians or something like that. Baconians, yeah. really? This is like a Team Edward team... What's the other one? Jacob yeah. thing for the 1800s. Yeah, uh, Jacobites <laughs> or something like that, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, and they're represented by the Francis Bacon Society. So obviously they... they he has his own society. Yeah, they've got to have something to do. So their job is to say Francis Bacon's really Shakespeare. So, uh, I don't know what you think of that theory. I think it's bollocks, to be honest. Yeah, I don't... I don't... Yeah, I really don't yeah. put much stock in this. Now, this one's a bit more of a slightly stronger theory. This is Christopher Marlowe. And what makes him kind of a bit stronger is that he was an actual playwright as well. Yeah, but then, again, we've talked about how writers write similarly in all of their works. Wouldn't his play seem similar to Shakespeare? Well, this is actually what's interesting... Computer comparisons have apparently found that there are certain word patterns and usages that are nearly identical to so that in both Marlowe's plays and Shakespeare's plays. So this is what gives his kind of an argument for Christopher Marlowe a bit more strength than perhaps Sir Francis Bacon. But I was thinking this is like this is a similar time they were writing, so you're going to find that at times, surely. Yeah, yeah, because speech patterns are the same. Yeah, I mean. I suppose the fact it's identical, it could mean it is Marlowe was Shakespeare, but it could just equally mean... They were influenced by each other. They were just writing the same words. It doesn't necessarily mean it's just one. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's a bit more than that. I just think they'd be influenced by each other because that's the type of community theatre people are. They're the ones that mm, see each other's work. They they mix in a community. They did kind of like write similar plays. I mean, Marlowe wrote um, Edward II... And kind of oh, Shakespeare okay, yeah. is famous for writing a lot of the royal plays. Yeah, like Henry Richard the Second, Henry the Fourth, not Henry the Fourth. Yeah, yeah, it's Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth and all of those. Yeah, yeah. So um, Richard the Third. Yeah, yeah. I knew more about Shakespeare than I thought. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting what you remember <laughs> sometimes. Um, but um, what's actually kind of interesting is Marlowe. Um, there's two months between when they were born. I can't quite remember off my head who was born first. So they could be the same person. Yeah. The One of the criticisms of this theory, though, is that Marlowe died in 1593. Ah, and some of the work yeah. came out later. This is 21 years before Shakespeare himself died, I think. 
was all 20 odd years. So, yeah. And wait, he could have pre wrote the ones that were staged afterwards, I guess. Possibly. But then a lot of it, some of it, it takes contemporary themes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But what's in, so, interesting yeah. about Marlowe was that his biography claims, or there's speculation at least, that he was a spy for the crown. And. D- wasn't everyone alive back then a spy for the crown? Pretty much. It feels like it. Yeah. That's what you get from a lot of the because Frank Bacon was meant to be a spy as well, apparently. Or something like <laughs> They're that. They're all spies. Um, but apparently, um, Marlowe dying 20 odd years before these plays, Shakespeare's plays, end, according to his um, supporters and Mar- Mar- uh, people who purport, uh, who say that Marlowe is uh, Shakespeare, are known as Malovians. Of course. A bit like Whovians for Doctor Who fans. So they say this strengthens their case. Um, How they work that out, I don't know. Marlowe, um, he was about to be arrested and even potentially executed. um, And apparently they say he faked his own death. He he died in a barroom brawl. So it is possible that's something you could stage, I guess. Uh, Possibly. Yeah, it's... Especially if you're a spy for the crown. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's beyond the realms of possibility. I think faking your death back then is easier than faking your death now. Yeah. You could just leave the village or wherever you're yeah. living and then people will think you've died. You can get plastic surgery back then, though. It's the only problem. No, but then pictures weren't readily available like they are on the internet. Yeah. You can't just Google someone and get up every single photo of them. Because now you have profiles that don't even belong to you, but they're yours. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, I Google myself, and then I see a profile on some random website that has my photo on it and my details on it. And they're just like, if this is you, you can claim your profile. I'm just like, really? I have to claim my own profile? Why do you have all my shit? Yeah. It makes me scared of the internet. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, um, and just to give you the details on when uh, Marlowe was born two months before Shakespeare, so Marlowe came first. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so they say the fate is death and that he lived on for years and that he was... Um, possibly on the continent, um, where he continued to write his plays, and they were just attributed to Shakespeare. And how you work out how, uh, plays that were written before he died, you know, because I'm not actually totally sure when Shakespeare's first play came out. Mm. I don't see why, because he was a playwright, why would he give his glory to someone else? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'd written some... Especially things though Shakespeare was popular even in his day. Yeah. Wouldn't you want that credit? Yeah, also he wrote... I get after he, if he faked his death, I get why he would give them to someone else because he wants them produced, he wants people to see them. But yeah. before he died. Yeah. So um, maybe there's a, a possible theory that he could have written the, writ, wrote, write, oh, written the later ones. Possibly. Yeah, but not the ones before he faked his, well, before he officially died. But even then, how do we explain that the earlier ones kind of are under William Shakespeare's name? So, yeah. And that's the end of that theory, pretty much. It's slightly stronger in the sense that there is possible like, evidence that... Yeah, I mean, but then that's still flimsy. Yeah, it's... The ev- there is evidence, but it's flimsy. It's not concrete e- evidence. No. We come on to the, the last theory of, like, an alternative person. And that is... I'm not sure if you remember a, f- a film that came out couple of years ago or so called um anonymous or something oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, i remember that i didn't watch it because it seemed like an interesting topic but 
Who directed it? I've forgotten now. I don't. I, I think he's a hack director and I didn't yeah. like him. It's got... It was the one that did, like, the disaster oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten his I name now. I someone... He's like a German yeah. guy or something. I saw the last name, but I've forgotten who it is. That's my Instagram then. Yeah, so the final theory is that someone called Edward de Vere, and he was the 17th Earl of Oxford, and he lived from 1550 to 1604. So again, he dies 10 years before Shakespeare dies. Yeah, but then that's a closer bracket than all the others. That's more feasible. What if he did pre-write them, and they would still be contemporary 10 years later? Yeah, exactly. Um, he's actually, again, this is another one that's coming in years later. This is the most popular theory of the 20th century. So, And this is only really in the last 19 years that this has kind of really gathered much pace. And supporters of um, Edward de Vere are known as Oxfordians. How does that work? Because he was Earl of Oxford. And ah, and de Vere-Fordians doesn't sound as good. Yeah, and people who support Shakespeare as being Shakespeare, <laughs> they're known as... They're known as Staffordians. Why not just actually Shakespeare in his language so it might cause some confusion? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Staffordians? Why Staffordians? Stafford. He's from Stratford. Stafford. He's from Stratford. Um, Stratford upon Thames. Yeah, but I. Or is Avon. It in Stafford? Or something? It's in, is it Staffordshire in Stafford? or something like that. Ah, uh, possibly, okay. I think. Again, my geography. Yeah. Well, it's in Warwickshire, like. There's a reason why it's called Staffordian, Staffordians. I can't remember now. Maybe that was the one that you should probably have looked up, Matthew. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let me just... I'll Google it. You carry on talking. Oh, you want me to keep talking? Maybe it yeah. was Stratfordians. Maybe I just read it wrong. Oh, yeah, it is Stratfordians. So I was right, even though I haven't done any research yeah. on this. I, I read it wrong on the website. I was... Again, why do I know so much about Shakespeare? Yeah. yeah, so um, you could edit me making that mistake out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing so that. The, you know I'm not going to do that. Oh, you fucker. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Oxfordians are the strongest contender against Stratfordians, according to most people, or the people who actually care about this. <laughs> Sorry, not me. Sorry, historian, conspiracy theorists. Yeah. This is historian, conspiracy theorists. Pretty much, don't Again, we're doing conspiracy theories. Yeah. I, you know, it is quite a weird thing to be, like, conspiracy theory about. Most of them... Yeah, but it's something that will never be proved. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the first kind of mutterings of the Earl of Oxford being proposed as a candidate was in 1920. And the guy's name that put this forward was J.T. Loney, but... It's spelt loony, which kind of makes me laugh. So basically, it's JT Looney, but he didn't want to be called Looney. I guess so. That's what I would do if I was had that surname. I'd change it to Looney, pretty much. So um, <laughs> Looney, basically, he wrote a book called Shakespeare Identified. And pretty much, that this is like, because what's helped this case, the case for De Vere, is that it's been like supported by really famous people. People like Sigmund Freud and stuff like that. So a lot of big people have supported this theory, and... No one cares about Sigmund Freud anymore. I know. Well, people are still fascinated by him. They still read him. I think, right... Yeah, but there's so many different things that have come out since then. Yeah. I mean, it's bollocks, mainly. And also a lot of these, like, Oxford societies and stuff like this. And it's actually kind of, like, one of the reasons why it's quite big is it, it's gone well down well in america oh of course those bloody yeah. americans and there's even a, a descendant of edward de vere 
who likes to kind of say um, he was Tavir with Shakespeare. But he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, you know, I hate it when they do yeah. that. I hate it. Like, what difference does it make to you? It doesn't. It doesn't show us who you are. You prick. Yeah. Why are you trying to live off someone else's yeah, fame? But yeah, because he can make money of it out of it, basically. And get... Yeah, but that's just not right. You yeah. shouldn't be able to do that. I don't think you should be able to do that if you. From a person that lived hundreds of years ago, you shouldn't be earning their money. Yeah, but the world's not right in general, so... Yeah, that's true. And, of course, it's also because with, with the film, it's getting, like, the big screen treatment and everything like that. And it's it's been mentioned in, like, a couple of films before. Maybe not, like, had a proper film about it, but it's been, like, the odd mention here and there that Shakespeare might not be, you know, Shakespeare... So, well, the reason why they think it's De Vere is basically he was highly educated. Um, he was trained as a lawyer, and quite a few of Shakespeare's plays deal with, like, the law and general, like, kind of legal matters and stuff like that. So he'd have the knowledge of that, like, the... Roland Emmerich, that's the director's name, yeah. Roland Emmerich. Oh, yeah, I've heard of some of his other films, yeah. Yeah, like, he did, like, 2012 oh, or something. Yeah. yeah, I was right, he's from Germany yeah. as well. yeah. Let's not say anything about Germans because we don't want to get into trouble. He's the guy that did Independence Day and Godzilla. Oh, God. I think they even like Independence Day. And that White House Down movie with um, Channing Tatum from a couple of years ago. He should really start making films at some point. Yeah, he should. Like, his movies suck balls. Yeah. (laughs) Where was I? So, yeah, Devere had knowledge of, like, um, not just, like, the factual knowledge, but he had knowledge of that kind of environment and atmosphere. And he was also well-connected to the theatrical world. Weren't most people that were well-off because they went to the theatre? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they were the main. They also probably funded some of the stuff as well, I guess. Yeah, so it's how it is now, Yeah, pretty much. Um, He was also well-travelled, and he made kind of trips to the exact locations that Shakespeare wrote most of his plays. And one example is Hamlet. And how um, Tavir came to know Denmark was quite interesting, actually. He was kidnapped by pirates in the English Channel. Were they air pirates? No, they weren't. Okay. They then uh, left him stripped naked on Denmark shore. And so they're pirates that, that are funny. Who, 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 who hasn't <laughs> that had that happen to them before? Uh, that happened to me last yeah, weekend. I, mean, I dream about that all the time being left <laughs> naked on Denmark shore. You just be dreaming dream about being yeah. naked, it doesn't matter yeah. where. And then, I mean, it's, it's a bit more worse when you actually wake up naked on Denmark, or in Denmark. Yeah. That's a bit freaky. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting a bit distracted there, aren't we? That's what happens in a sta- at a stag do. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that, actually. I like Denmark, I wouldn't mind that happening, actually. I'd love to go to a stag do of yours. I'd just love to see what happens. Oh, God. Would we go to a strip bar or not? No, I'd rather not. So we'd hire our own strippers? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. With the rigorous audition process. Oh, yeah, very rigorous. We shall probe all the details. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, getting away from uh, being stripped naked in Denmark, Oxfordians say that there are many clues in Hamlet that point to Devere's authorship. Um, they say, for example, that Hamlet describes himself as set naked in the kingdom after he encounters... Buccaneers. Now that, that's right. that's circumstantial, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's wait. Well, unless like Shakespeare got the idea from Devere. Yeah, if he'd heard what happened about to it. Devere? Yeah, because Devere seemed like well off. He was well known about the town. Yeah. Shakespeare could have thought, oh, that's funny, because writers yeah. write what they know. It must have, and it must have happened to at least a couple of other people. 
I mean, if it happened to you last week, I hope it's so. happened. Yeah. I hope so, because I don't want to be the only one doing it. Yeah. Well, I've, you know, there's got to be loads of people. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got a sense of humour. Well, most people do. So, yeah, there is actually one interesting thing, again, about Hamlet, is that De Vere's brother-in-law wrote a letter to De Vere mentioning a banquet that he attended with two courtiers named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And I think, because mm. there's a, I, if I remember rightly, there's a banquet in Hamlet. Yeah, there's a banquet in most of yeah. them, isn't and there? They, are those two names from Hamlet? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've yeah, read it. Yeah, or something like that. So, assuming that they are in there, these, and, but apparently these letters were always private. So how Shakespeare would have known about them. Or he just heard the name and thought, oh, yeah, I like those names. Yeah. Or maybe he was shit at picking names like I am. I'm really crap at naming people or things. So I just pick random ones. Yeah. Like, oh, I met a Jacob today. I will name this character Jacob. It could have just been that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible Shakespeare could have met these guys. Yeah, it's possible that there's more than one... Yeah, Shakespeare could have been just as well. It could have been a common name. We don't know because their birth records aren't exactly great from back then either. So yeah, there's a theory that like a lot of the characters from some of the later Shakespeare plays are based on people in Elizabeth the first kind of court. She had like an advisor called William Cecil, and uh, another character in Hamlet, I think, is called Polonius or something. Yeah, Um, he's meant to be. Yeah, he's meant to be based on this William Cecil. And also in Hamlet is Queen Gertrude, I think. I think so, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, and um, that's meant to be a kind of not-too-flattering comparison to Queen Elizabeth. Right. So, um, now this would have been, like, if they'd found out that De Vere was writing this, this would have been very damaging, and it could have been even been, like, kind of it resulted in execution. Yeah, but then Shakespeare didn't get killed. No, he didn't. But some people say this is why Shakespeare couldn't have possibly written it. Because he would have would have been killed if he had written it. So, so that's why some people feel that De Vere wrote um, that his pen name was Shakespeare, and so that that was his way of remaining anonymous. So Shakespeare genuinely didn't exist yeah. then. It's not that it would, the works were donated to Shakespeare by someone else, or Shakespeare plagiarized it. It's that he didn't, it didn't exist, exist at all. all. De Vere was it's kind of it's just purely a pen name of De Vere. But. There are people met him. Yeah, exactly. Although uh, I think he was married to a yeah, woman. Yeah, I think they kind of argue that these could have been easily faked or something like that. People meeting him, but some people just could have come up with that. They say, I guess. So okay, but I, I, I don't. But wasn't he at the plays that he staged? Yeah, that's what I thought, and that kind he, of he 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 went frequently, didn't he? Like to the ones that his plays. Yeah, he actually I, went. That's what I. And he met the audience. Yeah, I'm sure I remember reading that quite a few times. He was a public figure. Yeah. I mean, if people say like whoever wrote this kind of stuff would have got executed. Not necessary, actually, because a lot of people did kind of like satirical poems, plays or whatever. Yeah. They didn't get killed. Actually, sometimes... that That's what satire came yeah. from. That was that period. There were so many. If you even look back, there's so many works like that. It's not just Shakespeare. Yeah. But what's also interesting is De Vere, he, he married William Cecil's daughter as well. But again, if it came out that he'd written this, he would have been in big trouble. It could have been treasonous. It's basically... That's their main argument, that whoever wrote this, it would... It, it, would make sense that if it was a pen name, because you need that kind of 
anonymous. You don't know how to say anonymous, do you? You couldn't even say it before. Anonymity. Yeah, exactly. Because you couldn't even say it when you were saying the name of the movie. That's why it took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about. It's anonymous. All right, all right. Yeah, so that's basically that theory. It's the idea that basically he he needed it for political protection, basically. But Hmm. what I I just didn't get why he'd want to write those plays. He did apparently write plays in the beginning of his career, but then he gave up. Was he just not very good? Possibly. I just... Okay, so then how could he have written some of the best written plays that's ever existed? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and the, 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 I mean, the idea is, I think the intellectual snobbery is that they just didn't believe that Shakespeare was either well-educated enough or well-travelled enough. And at the end of the day, you don't actually need to have great knowledge, because Shakespeare's plays, it's not detailed knowledge. Exactly. It's not detailed enough to be well-travelled. Yeah. It just says, oh, it's set in Venice mm. or wherever. And that's it. Yeah. It's all in English. Pretty much. Yeah, there's nothing to yeah. it. I mean, and we could do that. Well, not right like Shakespeare, but we could easily set something yeah. there in the same way that he has. He doesn't go into detail. It's not like a novel yeah. where you have to go into every minute detail of the temperature of the room or the sunset or the smell in the yeah. air. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. Also, I think, again, there's snobbery about his background, the fact he wasn't, like, an aristocrat. And But then there's quite a lot of other kind of people... I don't really know these people, but they're like Middleton, Marston, Green, Fletcher and Beaumont. These are all literary figures at the time. They all, right. all had came from quite, um, what, what people would say, common backgrounds, I suppose. Okay. So they're not like glamorous, they're not like aristocrats. But uh, no one disputes their work. It's just, well, they're not as well yeah, known. And they wouldn't, but, That's but they why. wouldn't necessarily have like, the education. No. But people well, still sometimes don't, you don't yeah. need you don't need that grand education just that... Get, is bought for yeah, people. But their, their idea is people of that background simply didn't have that education. But we don't, uh, what people are saying, like the uh, people who support Shakespeare, we don't know that. We don't know kind of what kind yeah. of education was available. And there's a lot of self education out there at the time. Exactly. I think Shakespeare's Shakespeare, personally. Yeah, I don't think that, first of all, I don't think he's just a pen name because I think he was a figure that re- genuinely mm. existed. I think the timelines are a bit iffy of when these people are supposed yeah. to be doing these things. Because um, Severe, I mean, again, he died ten years before. Okay, that, that death, I think, is the closest and was the most feasible if it was someone else. Yeah. But I don't buy the pen name. I don't buy Christopher Marlowe donating his work. Yeah. And Francis Bacon, again, that's the pen name situation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Shakespeare definitely existed. There's no way he didn't. Yeah. He had a life, he had a family. Sure, it wasn't as publicised as you would get now. Yeah. But that's because it was the 1500s. We don't have records of the 1500s. It was so long ago. Yeah. We don't even have records of what happened in the 1800s. Yeah. Not, like, minute detail. We've got the basic things like marriage records and death records and... Yeah but, like that. yeah, but if you think about it, like, even in the 14, 1500s, the documentation wasn't exactly that great. Yeah. Births would go undocumented. Marriages could go undocumented. It's not as it is now. There's so much that slips through the system. Yeah. they didn't have proper systems in place. You didn't know everything about everyone. And there's no way Shakespeare didn't fucking exist, all right? Yeah. Also, I think it's a great story. You know, he doesn't come from, like, the aristocrat... Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's it's, it's like, yeah, rags to riches yeah. story. So I mean, I think that's quite a good story, personally. Yeah. So um, the aristocrats don't like it. Yeah, I kind of feel that 
I just, uh, there's like, there's no concrete evidence to just suggest that Shakespeare isn't Shakespeare. No, I think these people just come up with a story like, you know, we've talked about it time and yeah. time again. It's just to sell something, like to sell their ideas so they can sell their book. Yeah. Or they come up with new theories to suit whatever ed- evidence they find. Like we see it time and time again. Yeah. Sadly, you know Jim Jarmusch who did Only Lovers mm-hmm. Left Alive. He, he's one yeah. of these people that doesn't believe Shakespeare. Shakespeare. The thing is, I think some people want to take sides with these because they want to be yeah. controversial. Also, he had a and Jim Jarmusch. I know it seems like he doesn't care what people yeah. think. But it seems like he doesn't care what people think so much that he cares what people yeah. think. It's like this weird circle, but, yeah. Also, he had a character in um, and Only Lovers Left Alive is Christopher Marlowe. I think John Hurt's character is Christopher Marlowe. Oh, God, yeah. And so, he, obviously, uh, he's trying to peddle a film as well. So... So he believes it's Christopher Marlowe, I think so. Then. I think that's... I remember reading that, I think, somewhere. So I see some merit in if he did fake his death, Christopher Marlowe would donate his works to Shakespeare. Mm. I don't see how he would donate his works to Shakespeare while he was still alive because he would obviously want that credibility yeah. that came with the Shakespeare work. Also, you, just, you uh, need 20 years' worth of material if he, if he did, genuinely died when he did. And if he faked his death, just, I don't know, that's still... still yeah. People but would... Surely people but would then he was a playwright. He was a playwright yeah. anyway. So I don't see why he would use a pen name for other works. Also, shoot. Especially if they were quite similar yeah. anyway. Like, he did it about aristocratic society as well. If they were quite similar anyway, there was no really need for a pen name. Yeah. I understand the pen name if you're going to be writing about something completely the opposite of what you were just doing. Like, yeah. J.K. Rowling, after she did Harry Potter, she did a detective novel and she had a pen name yeah. for that. I understand that, but their writing is quite similar. I feel like there's similarities that people picked up on and think that was evidence of them being one and the same. Yeah. It's just them being influenced by one another. Because it is quite a small community. Yeah. It's not as it is this today, modern day, because theatre is quite big and the arts are quite big. This was the 1500s. It wasn't as prevalent. It was just sort of emerging, wasn't yeah. it? It was the cool thing to do, but not everyone was involved. Not everyone knew about it. So I think they probably would have known each other yeah. and possibly be friends or influenced by each other, but I don't think they were one in the same. No. If I had to be, like, pushed for a strongest theory, I probably would go for Christopher Marley. Yeah, because he's the playwright, yeah. but I still don't believe it. No. I, I think it was Shakespeare, and people are just trying to glamorise his story because yeah. they don't know what his story is. I think that's it, because no-one knows, other than he was married and he died and he wrote all these wonderful plays, no-one knows anything about him. Yeah, and also, does it really matter? They, they, most of them are good plays. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's not about the person at this point. It's about the work. Yeah. The person doesn't matter because it's way after the fact. If it was still, if they were still alive, then I'd get it because they'd want to claim responsibility yeah. or credibility for what they'd done, their work. But it doesn't matter at this point because it's so far in the past. It doesn't matter about the person that made the work. It matters about the work, yeah. which is what it should always be about. Yeah. And I don't want their fucking ancestors coming up and trying to claim glory, saying my great 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 grandfather wrote it. Yeah. It's like no one cares. You didn't know your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. It doesn't matter. He's no relation to you. You might share some semblance of blood, but it's so diluted, it doesn't matter. You can't take any credibility yeah. to what they've done. So, it doesn't matter. If he wrote it, great. If he didn't, fine. Yeah. Who who cares at this point? I, I agree with yeah. you there. So, we went through the theories, and we say we don't give a shit. Yeah. Basically. Basically. 
Because it genuinely doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the person yeah. behind it. It matters about the work. That's what it should yeah. be. It's a play. It matters about... Uh, what matters is the play and the content. It doesn't matter about the person behind yeah. it. Basically, we're just saying the podcast, we just done this pointless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also, like, also, if we knew more about him, we probably wouldn't... Like, we'd look at the plays in a different light. Like, you see, now we know everything about everyone yeah. in our entertainment industry. Isn't that, isn't that distracting? Like, you can't watch a Mel Gibson movie or a Tom Cruise movie without thinking, oh, my God, he's a crazy arsehole. Yeah. It's so distracting. We shouldn't have to know that stuff. Yeah. Because it does distract you from the actual art of it. It distracts me in The Beaver. <laughs> it distracts you in The Beaver? Yeah, that film that he's in, The Beaver. Jodie Foster. I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't watched The Beaver. I thought we were doing a throwback to last week. <laughs> no. And then I was just like, no, Gibson was in The Beaver. He, he may well have been in, in A Beaver at some point. Uh, possibly. <laughs> but I think he was in more than one in yeah. his time. But, yeah, it's a, it's a distraction from the actual work. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So we don't need to know the background. These people that are coming up with these series, they just want to glamorise his story. Yeah. And it, who, who gives a shit? So, listeners, you've wasted about, about an hour. Listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, our episode, we've just negated the whole episode. It doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, well. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what we call a good podcast. Yeah, one that doesn't matter. Yeah, we've rambled on. <laughs> we've rambled on, and I think it's time we wrap yeah. it up. So, um, if it's around Christmas time, Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. If it's after Christmas, yeah, if it's after Christmas... I was waiting for you to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> If it's after New Year, happy Valentine's Day. If it's after Valentine's Day... Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) If it's after Valentine's Day, then our timeline is so off, it's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that was a good one. Yeah. So, good day and goodbye. Good day. Good Good day. I said good day. Yeah, it's different. (laughs) Yeah, no, you did. Yeah. All right. Let's... Goodbye. Goodbye.